Next up on the Safety Matters podcast from Reliance Partners, we will be taking a look at the plethora of new FMCSA regulations, including nearly 1,400 new roadside violations. Here's a preview of our discussion on this topic featuring Reliance Partners safety teammate, Mark Barler. And when we looked at this, you can see the new methodology will organize the existing 959 roadside violations into 116 violation groups. Well, that's great because if you got a couple of violations listed it within one group, then those violations would start canceling them out and only one would count towards CSA scores. But what they didn't tell anybody and they're not advertising is you click here on the new roadside violation groups, it will list out all the violations that could be listed when they implemented this new methodology on how to obtain CSA scores. Well, what has happened now is they implemented this portion of it the following month. They didn't tell anybody about it. They just put on their SMS website, hey, we have a new methodology. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Safety Matters, the podcast series from Reliance Partners. I'm Tom Albrecht, the Chief Financial Officer and Chief Revenue Officer at Reliance Partners, and I'm your host for this podcast, which is serving as a companion to the Safety Matters webinar series from Reliance. As you heard in our opening, we are dedicating some time to provide perspective on the long list of new regulations that are coming from the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. With nearly 1,400 new regulations tied to roadside violations, professional drivers and company safety officials might feel like they've just taken delivery of an oversized load of directives from the FMCSA. And while establishing firm footing on all the changes and additions to the FMCSA regulations, may feel like a tough grade to climb, Reliance Partners is ready to help on this edition of Safety Matters. Today, you'll be hearing expert insights on the new regulations from two members of our Reliance Partners safety team, as Mark Barler and Daniel Vega return to our podcast. As you may recall, Mark and Daniel were guests on the debut episode of Safety Matters, and today's topic provided the perfect opportunity for their return to this podcast. For those of you who may have missed the first episode in our series, both Mark and Daniel served as state troopers and performed thousands of commercial vehicle roadside inspections during their careers prior to joining Reliance Partners. Mark and Daniel are highly respected within our industry as experts on safety and compliance issues. In the first part of our conversation, we will discuss the FMCSA's prioritization preview, also the large expansion in the number of violations, and the downgrading of CDLs due to clearinghouse violations. Before we begin today's discussion, we would like to remind you that my interview with Mark and Daniel first appeared on the Safety Matters webinar series from Reliance Partners. And as you will hear, we will occasionally use screen sharing as a tool to drive part of the discussion during the webinar. However, you don't need to see what is on the screen shares in order to follow our conversation. And now it's time to start our conversation on the new FMCSA regulations with our safety pros at Reliance Partners, Mark Barler and Daniel Vega. Guys, welcome back to the show. Welcome, Tom. Yeah, good to see you again. While you have both been on previously, Please take a moment to remind folks of your background and what you do here at Reliance. Mark, let's start with you. My name is Mark Barler. I'm a 
former DOT officer of over 22 years with the Wisconsin State Patrol. I retired back in 2020. Conducted about 10,000 inspections during my career. I was an instructor for FMCSA. I was certified to do the Part A program, which is your driver's hours of service, CDLs, medical qualifications, hazardous material inspection training program, and cargo tank inspection program. Happy to be here today. My name is Daniel Vega. I worked as a state trooper in Arizona for approximately 10 years. Most of my time was spent on the commercial vehicle enforcement squad working the southwest part of Arizona. During my time there, I took specialized training that allowed me to do roadside inspections, motor coach inspections, and hazardous material inspections. Then I moved over to the insurance industry. I started my insurance career with Nationwide Insurance as a loss control rep, working with accounts to improve their overall safety. I then moved over to my current role as director of safety, currently working with producers to help out our customers with anything dealing with safety, whether that's data cues, driver training, reviewing their cab report, mostly work in California, Arizona, and south part of Texas. Trust me, folks, these guys are making a yeoman's difference in the work for our clients and prospects across the United States. Before we get into some of the actual roadside violation changes, and there's also some things going on with the drug and alcohol clearinghouse, how data cues are going to be reviewed, et cetera. Mark, I'd like you to sort of give everyone a little bit of the background behind the CSA prioritization preview that began last February. It was open for comments until mid-May. Just walk us through the timeline of what happened last year to get us to this point here in early 2024. So in the middle of February of 2023, FMCSA came out with a proposal to change up how CSA scores are generated. They opened up a comment period until the middle of May. I want to say there's about 177 comments that were made during that time period. They advertise it. They put out training. They put out a website to where you actually go and check what your new CSA scores would do. If you guys want to go to the FMCSA prioritization preview, go ahead and just do a Google search for it and go to it. Because I'm going to share a screen here. I'm going to show some of the changes that have been made that they didn't tell you about. And one thing they didn't tell you about is starting in March of 2023, they put out a new CSA methodology manual and they added in a ton of violations. Well, Mark, when I look at that prioritization website, it states that there are still just 959 roadside violations, but now the reality is there's almost 2,340 that are going to impact CSA scores. Was this just a case of the FMCSA and someone having some bad eggnog in the latter part of last year or actually begin to walk us into this sort of abyss of new regulations? I believe what had happened was with the implementation or partial implementation of the new CSA prioritization. They haven't implemented it completely, but what they did was they just added a bunch of violations designations, making it more granular in how you can see the different parts of a commercial motor vehicle that are governed by regulations. No new regulations were made, but they did add a bunch of little granular type of violations coding that really drilled down into the type of violation that was found. If you allow me, I want to share my screen here real quick. So we have the prioritization preview. And as I scroll down, it's a pretty well-rounded website, what gives us information on enhancing SMS to improve the safety. And when we look at this, you can see the new methodology will organize the existing 959 roadside violations into 116 violation groups. 
Well, that's great because if you got a couple of violations listed it within one group, then those violations would start canceling them out and only one would count towards CSA scores. But what they didn't tell anybody and they're not advertising is you click here on the new roadside violation groups, it will list out all the violations that could be listed when they implemented this new methodology on how to obtain CSA scores. And when I started looking through this, I was amazed. We're going from 959 violations. I'm just looking at a group under vehicle maintenance driver observed. If we scroll down, we're looking at approximately 700. These are all violations that they want to add in. It stops at cell 861. So we're looking at 858 violations that can be cited at roadside during a roadside inspections just for the vehicle maintenance observed. Well, what has happened now is they implemented this portion of it. They implemented this. They brought in all the new violation codes the following month. They didn't tell anybody about it. They just put on their SMS website, hey, we have a new methodology. In the old methodology book, you can look, it's in PDF. You could actually go through and look up each code. Can't do that anymore with the new methodology designators. You have to download an Excel spreadsheet. And in that spreadsheet, you're going to see that they have broken out violation coding for lighting for clearance lights and marker lights and identification lights and license plate lights. Well, what's really interesting here is not only did they partially implement this, only certain states are using it right now. Arizona is one, Missouri, Wisconsin. There's many states that are not. They haven't fully implemented this. So when they added in all of these different violations, we don't have 959 violations that can be cited at roadside. We're looking at about 2,400 violations that can be cited during roadside. The bulk of which are in vehicle maintenance and hazardous materials compliance. We're gonna see that there are over 800 violations that can be cited during the roadside for hazardous materials violations. We're looking at 894 of those. Another interesting item to observe is right now, there's approximately 46 unsafe driving violations. With the new coding, there's 142. So they added quite a bit. If the state is operating off of the new software, they can use these codes right now. If you look back, and some carriers will be on here right now, you can look back at some of the violations that are listed on inspection reports, and you'll start seeing codes that you've never seen before. If you do a search for those codes, you won't be able to find it in the old methodology book. You actually have to look for them in the new appendix that FMCSA had put out with the new point values. So what's happening now is they've actually increased some point values for some of the violations that are listed. And they brought violations that didn't have any point values that now do have a point value. One example is identification lights. If you got a code on a violation or on an inspection report of 393-9A or B-L-I-L, it's now a six-point violation when before it would be a two-point violation. Now, with the old inspection programs of Inspect and Aspen, when they wrote a violation for a clearance light, a marker light, an identification light, and a license plate light, those all used the coding of 393.9A, which is a two-point violation. And if they wrote all four of those, three of them would cancel out because they're the same coding. 
Well, with the new coding, identification light is six points. A marker light is six points. The license plate light is six points. And then the clearance light stays as two points. And they all have different coding, so they don't cancel each other out anymore. So whereas before you could have four lighting violations on four different areas of the vehicle and account for two points, now you go over to the next state over using the new software, you're looking at six points plus six plus six, looking at 20 points for those same lights and they all count. Oh my goodness, that's a huge difference. That's a lot for motor carriers to digest. I can't imagine what law enforcement officials are thinking about or experiencing is there going to be additional training for officers to make sure that they have a good understanding of all this extra granularity? Daniel, what do you think? So I actually spoke to somebody who does inspections currently, and they're using the new system. And he said the training was geared more towards how the system works. And I asked him, how many violations are you guys able to enforce? And he said thousands. He said, basically, it's just picking the correct violation. So is it too much to expect? Mark, you mentioned that there's a number of areas where the point total is going up. I don't suppose that there were any examples where the point total for a violation went down, right? That has not been the case as of yet. I have not seen that. And with the addition of so many new different types of coding of violations, a client of mine the other day sent me an inspection report that had two of the same violations. And it was a air hose chafing underneath the vehicle. So one coding used different wording. It said vacuum hose chafing underneath the vehicle. And then a brake hose was chafing underneath the vehicle. Used almost the exact same wording. Well, we all know that vacuum hoses have gone away in the 70s and maybe early 80s was the last time they were really used on commercial motor vehicles. So now you got those two violations which should use the same coding. Since they didn't pick the correct one for the first one, they're both counting against them. Now we have to do a data queue to get that taken off. And if you're a state like Illinois that takes three months to respond to a data queue, those point values are going to sit on your CSA profile until they respond to the data queue. Now, thankfully, this inspection was not conducted in Illinois. They're still using the old software. That's one good thing about Illinois. But yeah, now I have to do a data queue for this because the inspecting officer chose the wrong coding, which brought in different wording. It's all about the coding. If the coding is different for the violation section, then it is going to add points to your CSA profile. That's crazy. We're going to keep coming back and forth between this, but I also know that Daniel's been spending some time understanding some changes to the drug and alcohol clearinghouse and the impact that may have to CDLs. Daniel, you want to take it away from there? The biggest change that's going to be happening is the state licensing agency will be revoking CDL privileges if prohibited in the clearinghouse. So these changes are going to be occurring later on in 2024, November to be exact. It's going to require the state licensing agency to revoke the CDL within 60 days. So your license is ultimately going to be revoked until you complete the return of duty process and the state reinstates your driver's license. But if that return of duty process is completed before the downgrade, then technically your CDL is still valid. Right now, if you run an MVR, it might show that your driver has a valid CDL. But if he's prohibited in the drug and alcohol clearinghouse, he's still not able to drive. So it might show his license might be revoked because right now it's voluntary for these states to run these queries. It's not mandatory until November of 2024. 
So, Daniel, let me take that one step farther. I think right now a failed drug test results in one violation. But as we think through the new violation that are coming out of this, wouldn't this be two violations going forward? One would be a violation for testing positive for either drugs or alcohol or both. And then secondly, not having a valid driver's license. So it's going to have double effect when they do move to the new safety categories. So you're going to get two violations. They're both going to be out of service violations, but one's going to be basically you're prohibited in the clearinghouse. And that's going to fall under the unsafe basic once the new basics come in effect. But as of right now, it's going to fall under the drug one. You mentioned when it happens. Isn't that something like in the fourth quarter, I thought? We haven't really got an update of when these new safety categories are going to take effect, but for the clearinghouse, November of 2024. But then you're also receiving that violation for your driver having a CDL that's revoked, and that's going to fall under driver fitness. So you're basically getting two out-of-service violations if you're not taking care of this. So something that I would strongly recommend to companies is if that driver is going to continue to be employed by you, after the return of duty process is completed, make sure his license is valid before you let him drive that truck. How much are the point violations on those two situations, the failed drug or alcohol test and failing to have a valid or current driver's license? I haven't looked at the new point system, but I can almost guarantee you they're 10 points each. Okay. And before it would have been just 10 overall. So now it's a, a potential doubling. Yeah. Okay. All right, Mark, let's go back to you for a moment. So you mentioned an example with lights. We can kind of pick words a little bit, whether it's new violations or just greater granularity around those violations. For example, you talked about before it was just lights, but now you've got separate breakouts for brakes, identification lights, license plate lights, markers, clearance lights, et cetera, with only clearance, I think, being two points, the others being six. But let me give you a different example. So let's say my truck gets inspected in Missouri and a violation is documented for having an ID lamp that's out and a license plate lamp that's out. How many points would that be? And would the point total be different in a state not using the new software? I mean, it starts to get real confusing here because not all 50 states are on the new software yet. So start with that example of a violation in Missouri and walk us through a little bit. So what will happen in Missouri, you get that inspection done and you say you have an identification light out and it's properly documented. That's going to come into your CSA profile as a six-point violation. Now, you drive across the border to a state such as Illinois, and I don't know if they're using the new software. I haven't seen that they've used the new software yet, but they're still using the old software and they get the same violation on the same day a couple hours later it'll be a two-point violation that'll show up. So it'll affect the carrier differently operating in states that have the new updated software until it's fully implemented. Now, what will happen in the future, hopefully this happens in the future, is that they fully implement the new CSA prioritization. Now we go down from those 2,400 violations into 116 violation groups. That will help tremendously. But as of right now, they took the prioritization uh, violation list and combined it with the SMS list, and not everybody's using it. So people that get stopped in the states that are using it are getting hammered with points versus for CSA, for vehicle maintenance, controlled substances. It doesn't matter what it is because there's so many more violations that can be documented on each one versus the older list and the older software. 
So you get stopped in one state, they're treating you a little bit differently in CSA versus going to another state, which is unequal when comparing carrier operations across the United States. I don't know if FMCSA realizes this is happening. And there's no hard deadline for states to adopt the updated software? From what I have seen, FMCSA investigating officers, so those working at the border, the auditors that go out and do their 32 level ones a year, they started using this new software. I think the first time I saw it was in April of last year. And then I saw a couple of states starting to use it in June or July. Now come October, November, and December, a lot more are using it. I saw that New York was using it. Utah is now using it. I haven't seen California use it as of yet, but they're a massive state, and I'm sure they're going to get on board with it. And I'm sure there's a deadline, but I haven't seen what that is. Okay. Daniel, another thing that's at work is in the state of California for intrastate moves. There's an interesting change there as well. You want to talk to our audience about that, given the huge amount of freight that is moved in and around California? Yeah, but before I jump into that, I kind of want to touch on something with the clearinghouse before we move on. So in 2023, and this is more a recommendation for you guys to be on top of this, 2023 clearinghouse, if you have a driver that's prohibited, it actually sends you a notification to your email that his status changed in the clearinghouse. So you guys need to pay close attention to that and check why his status was changed. That way you won't allow him to continue driving commercial motor vehicle. We can move into the California now. So like Tom was mentioning, effective January 1st, 2024, California is requiring intra-state motor carriers to have an ELD to record their record of duty status. It basically falls under, similar to the FMCSA mandate a couple years ago, if that carrier is operating outside the 150 air radius mileage for local carriers, eight days within a 30-day period, you're exempt from having that ELD. If the company's doing driveway towway operations, transporting empty vehicles or for lease, they're exempt as well. Or if the vehicle is manufactured before the year 2000, or if FMCSA has a waiver or exemption that doesn't require to have an ELD. That came down starting this month. If you're an intrastate carrier in California, I would strongly recommend you install those ELDs because there's no grace period. Okay, we're starting to get a few questions. Someone asked again, can we have the link with the new SMS? If we just type in FMCSA SMS for Google search, it's going to come up. The first one, you can click on it. It's going to bring you to this page here, SMS Safety Measurement System. And you want to click on the link, understand the SMS methodology. You click on that, and that's going to give you the new PDF. The last one that was made was in October of 2023. Now, that new methodology, when it downloads, is not going to give you the point values as it did with the old ones. So what you need to do is scroll all the way to the last page in the list, and you'll see here there's a link to SMS Appendix A Spreadsheet. You click on that, and it's going to download. And when it downloads you're going to see that there is going to be about 20 different tabs in there. They're all kind of out of order. They start with unsafe driving, and there's a bunch of tabs to the right, and then it'll go to hours of service, and there'll be a bunch of tabs, and there'll be what's currently there, and then there'll be the tab to the right of it that says these new violations were edited on February 1 of 23, but they didn't publish it until the following month. And then to the right of that will be a bunch of tabs that talk about when violations were taken out of the SMS 
And then you'll get to the new section of, let's say, controlled substances. You'll say what's currently there and then new ones that were added. Those all have the point value. So you got to do a search for when you're looking at what those new point values are going to be. Now, what's interesting is, like I said, the old software, there may be, and here are the thing, violations added 10 of 23. There's just a lot of tabs that are listed here. And as I go through, you can see all the tabs that are listed there. The ones that you want are going to be the basic category tabs. And then the category tabs that talk about like this unsafe driving added to one of 2023. That's the new stuff that was added. So the new coding is the combination of the unsafe driving and the unsafe driving added to one of 2023. Now, when you're on those individual pages, you can do a control F and do a search for the code. If you don't find it on one page, it will be on the other. I can guarantee it. And you can see all the different types of violations that have been added in as of 2-1 of 2023. So other violations that were added that didn't have a point value, there is a violation in 396 for vehicle maintenance that says all drivers have to be adequately trained in the regulations regarding vehicle maintenance. Well, prior to 2-1 of 23, that violation could have been written, but it's zero points. Now they added a point value to it. So in the states with the new software, you're going to get hit with that violation. It's going to hit your vehicle maintenance and the other states with the old software, it's not. So what's the takeaway from this is, one, we need to be cognizant that there is an inequality in the states here. And that's something that you can actually contact your legislators on and talk to them about. Say, hey, implement this new program if you're going to implement it. Don't partially implement it, please, because not everybody is being treated equally here. And if they do implement it, I think at least that portion of 116 groups is awesome because that will help out with some scores. Now, all of us in safety, unless you have been doing enforcement on these regulations for years, because new people, they make mistakes all the time. It takes time to learn all the little nuances when it comes to the different types of lights, where they belong, the colors and whatnot. Now, we got to be experts, too. We got to teach our drivers every little thing that is out there, every little type of violation that can be observed by a driver. We got to train our mechanics. This is what the DOT is looking for. So they understand exactly all the little nuances that are there. I think FMCSA did the industry a little bit of a disservice by not advertising, hey, we're adding in these violations. They're still advertising there's 959 current ones. No, there's not. There's actually over 3,000. I know we said 2,400, but there's almost a thousand violations that could be cited that still don't carry CSA points. And this is from somebody that's in the industry that told me about this. They actually go over and look at these inspection reports. Your registration still won't count. Your IFTA violations, your insurance violations, they don't count towards CSA scores. Where anything to do with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Regulations, most of them will. <laughs> That was Mark Barler with his closing observations on this episode of the Safety Matters podcast. We would like to thank Mark and his fellow Reliance Partner Safety teammate, Daniel Vega, for joining us on this podcast edition. Mark and Daniel will be returning for our next episode of the Safety Matters podcast, as we will be continuing our conversation covering the new regulations from the FMCSA. When Mark and Daniel return to the podcast, we will discuss the granular, detailed approach that FMCSA has taken in developing the expansion of regulations tied to commercial motor vehicle inspections. 
Reliance Partners is here to help. In fact, we created this Safety Matters podcast and webinar series to serve as a resource to the trucking and logistics industry. Safety Matters is a platform designed to help our motor carrier friends in their efforts to be safer and to be compliant with all of the various trucking regulations. Before we close out this edition of the Safety Matters podcast, I want to tell you a little bit about Reliance Partners. Reliance is the largest independent insurance agency solely focused on trucking and logistics. Our entire team appreciates the important role that trucking and logistics plays within the American economy, and we are absolutely dedicated to this industry. Folks, let's talk about how to connect with Reliance Partners, because it's very easy. You can follow us on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all at Reliance Partners to stay up to date. Especially keep an eye on LinkedIn for announcements on when our next episodes will be airing. Just search Reliance Partners. Also, don't forget to visit our website at www.reliancepartners.com. There you can explore everything we have to offer from requesting a quote to viewing our comprehensive range of services beyond safety. Once again, thank you for spending part of your day with us on the Safety Matters podcast. Now, we would like to invite you to become a regular listener to the podcast by subscribing to Safety Matters on your podcast platform of choice. You can find the podcast by searching Reliance Partners on all of the major podcast outlets. And by becoming a subscriber to the podcast, you will be notified each time we release a new episode. And you'll also have an opportunity to rate the podcast and to share your feedback with us. And finally, as our podcast title says, safety matters. So on behalf of the entire team at Reliance Partners, let's stay safe out there.